course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I am one of your friends, Dave. We're joined, as always, by your other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? I'm doing pretty spooktastic today. Yeah, me too, because I'm pretty excited, because I absolutely love when we do the franchise episodes, and we're going to do probably the uh, the primo one for me. We're doing the Halloween franchise review today, because this episode of our podcast is released on October 26th. And the first Halloween movie was released on October 25th, 1978. So we're coming out a day after the 45th anniversary of the movie. So we're going to chat all 13 Halloween movies and count down our favorites from 13 to 1. Uh, before we get into that, let's talk a couple other things real quick. We're not going to do all of our news and stuff because this is a lot to talk about anyway. So we're going to skip all that part for now. So just a uh, friendly reminder to make sure you're following us on social media so that you can still see all that. All that will still be on social media. So make sure you're following us there. Uh, but Ike, before we dive into some of our other stuff, what what's your what's some of your first memories of Halloween, the Halloween franchise, and, and, and these movies? No, absolutely. So for me, obviously, I was not born when the first Halloween movie came out. Um, that was a, a good, you know, probably like 17 years before I was born. So I think for me, I, I think the first Halloween movie I ever watched was the original Halloween, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, now, I, I, I was told uh, by, by my mom that technically the first movie, Halloween movie that I ever uh, was present at was Halloween uh, 6, Curse of Michael Myers, because uh, she took me shortly after I was born uh, to see mm-hmm. that movie. So I, I was present during that movie. So I guess technically that would be my quote unquote first, but the first one I actually remember like cognizantly remembering uh, was the uh, television version of the first Halloween movie. Uh, Cause obviously Halloween's got some nudity. So the first one I ever watched was the, you know, the censored version of Halloween uh, many, many moons ago. Uh, and then of course, you know, over the years, I have, uh, you know, continued to grow my love for horror movies in general. So um, I've definitely obviously taken many a rewatch of the whole Halloween series. So I can comfortably say that I've seen all of the movies minus Halloween ends um, at <laughs> least four or five times. And honestly, I really want to watch rewatch Halloween ends. I just didn't have time to this year. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've probably seen all of them at least four to five times minimum. Yeah, um, let's see. When the first one came out, I was only three. Uh, when it first aired on TV, which, which was in 81, I was only six. So I, I didn't watch it then. I was still a little young for me. Uh, mine would have been a few years after that, probably not too many years after that. And it, it would have been it would have been a video rental, probably at my cousin's house, because he he really liked horror movies as well. And so a lot of my first horror movie watches were at his house. When uh, my aunt would take us, you know, we would go, you know, whatever, get a pizza or burgers or whatever, and then go to the uh, the video store and usually rent a movie or two and some games. And uh, so, yeah, it would have been, you know, on a video rental then sometime probably in the mid 80s. Uh, and it probably it probably would have been the first one. I'm sure would have been the first one I watched. But there is a chance. I don't remember specifically, but there would have been a chance that, you know, we would we could have watched a couple of them, you know, back to back by that time. Um but uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, you know, love it immediately. Michael Myers is such a striking character that sticks with you. And the uh, the first movie is so spooky and it is so, you know, it's, it's really as a horror movie and as a whatever, it's 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 kind of simplistic, right? It's sticks to your your basics. Right. And but at that time, these weren't necessarily the basics. right? It established a lot of these basics, established yeah. a lot of the quote unquote rules or whatever that became synonymous, uh, particularly through the 80s. And, it, you know, it's not a particularly gut bloody movie. But it is it is creepy. It is spooky. It is perfect at using shadows and angles and, you know, these reveals and, you know, Michael being in the background and all these kind of things. And um, it's just it is terrorizing even to this day. And to me, it's just I mean, maybe we're, you know, spoiling our own thing here. Uh, But it is I mean, Halloween 78 to me stands as a perfect movie. Yeah, I don't I don't find flaw with the the, the the casting's perfect. The the music's perfect. It is just it is spectacular. And no matter how many times I see it, it, it really doesn't lose a lot of its luster for me. It, it is still still creepy, still spooky. And it is it is still just so much fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and one thing I do want to also kind of touch on that you mentioned is that for a lot of the for, for a lot of, you know, for the most part, Halloween, you know, defined the slasher genre. And I think even to this day, um, it, it helped not only create, but refine a lot of the, the modern horror tropes, um, you know, and, and I think that it does it very well, obviously, you know, we, we both love Halloween. Um, Halloween's probably, I would say in the upper echelons of our favorite movies. And, um, you know, like you said, I, I see very little fault with Halloween. Um, Halloween, you know, even for a product of its time, um, still holds up very well in a modern lens. And um, it's very difficult for a movie from the 70s, uh, much less, you know, the 80s, um, to, to basically have that kind of reception even in modern times. And I think the fact that a lot of people still consider this movie to be a living classic um, is a true testament to the product of what it was uh, back in 78. And, um, yep. you know, the people who made it, you know, John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, Mustafa Akkad. I mean, it, it's such a such an incredible uh, group of people who got to work on this movie, not to mention the incredible actors, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Donald Pleasance and many more. So uh, definitely, you know, when we talk about this movie, it always has sort of that nostalgia to it, but also just that true powerhouse of a Halloween horror movie that we know and love <laughs> yeah and, and the first movie it, it was intended to be a, a standalone right there yeah. was not any intent or desire initially for carpenter did not want to do sequels he didn't yeah. want it you know didn't he thought he had told the story and it was the way he wanted it and uh but you know success and money creates another beast and uh, you know i'm not glad i'm you know I'm, I'm glad about that because I, there's many as we'll talk many of the sequels that i love and um so you know, it's a good thing. But when it was initially proposed or, you know, created or whatever you want to say, uh, wasn't meant, you know, he didn't, didn't have future, future story in mind. He, you know, this is what he wanted to do and what he wanted to tell. So, yeah, but we'll talk more about those as we count them down here in a little bit before we dive into that. Uh, Mike, since we last spoke, did, did you watch, have you watched anything else? No, I have spent a lot of time rewatching the Halloween movies. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't rewatch any of them, so I, I've watched them enough that I, I felt comfortable enough uh, just diving in. Uh, I, I did watch a couple things. I watched uh, Night of the Hunted, which is new on Shutter. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. 
uh, kind of a, you know, I, I advise people to go see it. Uh, I watched two Friday the 13th fan films that are on YouTube that never hike alone and never hike alone too. I've heard a lot of talk about them and they are really, really good. They have a lot of feel of Friday the 13th. So, uh, I advise people to go watch those too. They're, they're on YouTube. They're for free. I mean, with ads, obviously, but, uh, but they're good stuff. So, uh, I'm not gonna, you know, we're not gonna spend a lot of time talking about that, but just to, uh, just to clear the palette, uh, that's, that's where we stand on what we watch. So let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll dive right into it as we count down our favorites of the 13 Halloween movies. So stick around. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts. All right, and we're back here on Listen to Screams, and it is time for our franchise review and ranking. And again, just a reminder for anybody that may not know or may not have listened to one of our franchise episodes, uh, these are in order of what we enjoy, what we like. It is not necessarily what we're saying uh, has, you know, whatever, the best production value or the best into this and that, blah, blah, blah. It is simply based on our enjoyment and what we like. So take it for what it is. Uh, that is how it is. We would like you guys to come on to social media and uh, let us know, though, excuse me, what you agree and disagree with and what your rankings are. I mean, I know these are a lot of movies, but let us know what your favorites are, because uh, I feel like there's franchises, one of those or Halloween's one of those franchises that there's a lot of variants. People really like different parts. There's, you know, people that like different time because there are different timelines and, and different things, whatever. So uh, we'd like to hear some feedback on this. So let's dive right in because there's a lot to cover and a lot to talk about. So, Ike, <laughs> why don't you kick us off uh, with uh, number 13 on our list? Absolutely. So. For people who maybe don't watch our other stuff, this may come as a surprise. For people who do watch our other stuff, this will not be surprising at all. But number 13 is Halloween 2, and we're not talking about the old school Halloween 2. We're talking about Rob Zombie's 2009 Halloween 2. It was released August 28, 2009, written by Rob Zombie, directed by Rob Zombie, starring Scout Taylor Compton, Malcolm McDowell, and Tyler Maine as Michael Myers. This movie grossed $39,421,467 at the box office. So this earns a spot at number 13 for a slew of reasons. Um, mostly, unfortunately, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, while they can be entertaining, are simply just not it. Um, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies were made, um, they were, they're 100% a product of their time um, because as hard as it is to fathom, you know, 2008, 2009, 2007, when these Rob Zombie movies were made was, you know, 12 plus years ago. So 13 plus years ago, probably. So keep that in mind that these movies were made at a time where shock value was very much appreciated in a lot of these horror movies. And that's definitely where Rob Zombie went with these remakes. Uh, he definitely went for the shock and awe factor with these two movies and the second movie just fell short. It had a very weird, like, sort of, like, supernatural. And it wasn't, like, kind of the cheesy supernatural that you kind of got with the old Halloween movies. It was, like, this weird, like, hippy-dippy supernatural thing um, where, like, you know, uh, well, well, I cannot remember her name all of a sudden. But uh, Michael and Lori uh, are basically, like, they come together to, like, kill 
uh, Loomis. And it's this weird thing that I didn't really like, but I'm going to stop complaining about it. Dave, what are your thoughts on the second Halloween movie um, from Rob Zombie? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like it at all. I, I don't uh, spoiler. I don't like either of the Rob Zombie movies. I, um, I, I think, I, I think he gets the movie gets Halloween for what it, what it is, is good for that. Just the spooky, the suspense, the creepy, whatever else. And I think he tries to lean more to the gore and that, that, that like you said, the shock and, 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 and I like these things, right? I don't, I don't mind them, but they, to me, they, that's not what Halloween needs to ride on. And like we said so many times with so many Rob Zombie projects or the, in my opinion, the majority of Rob Zombie projects, it's just too much, right? Yeah. He doesn't know where to find balance. He doesn't know, where, in my eyes, doesn't know where to stop. It's, it is just, it's an overindulgence to me. Now, the, the first one that he made, when you watch it, there, uh, I, I, again, I, to be completely crystal clear, I've only watched these two movies once a piece. And I just have I had zero desire to ever watch them again. I should at some point just because, but I just don't, I, I, it makes me cringe to think about watching them. I just don't, I don't like them. Yeah. You know, I just feel like a lot, like a lot of his movies, there, there comes a point when you're watching it and you think, oh, there you go. It's done. And then it's not. And it just goes on for another 30, 40 minutes. It's, it's just so they're too much. There's too much of everything in, in a lot of his movies. It's just, ah, it's too loud, too busy, too, too whatever. I don't even know the, the proper term. It's just too much. And that doesn't work at Halloween. Halloween relies on a lot on what's not there, what's not right in front of your eyes. It, it relies a lot on that fear of Michael being in the shadows or being back there, even when he's not. You you see shots and you look and and you're like, is he back there? Is he in the darkness? Is he you know whatever? It it, it plants that fear in you, and makes you on the edge of your seat expecting that. And 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 zombies movies are just too much. I think, in my opinion, they're just too much in your face, and it it loses that effect. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it tries to give too much backstory to Michael. Um, and uh, I just don't think you need all that, right? Michael was always especially when the first movie and michael's just he's just evil just evil there doesn't need to be a whole lot of reason why he just is and um i don't know i'm, I'm not a big fan at all of these movies and uh you know and I, I don't particularly like his first one but i like the second one even less so yeah absolutely um, and the Dave, you can lead us into number 12 here, which should come as no surprise given our current conversation. <laughs> yeah. Number 12 is Halloween by Rob Zombie released August 31st, 2007, written and directed by Rob Zombie starring Malcolm McDowell, uh, Scout Taylor Compton and Tyler Maine as Michael Myers. It grossed 80,460,948 at the box office. Um, again, I don't know. There's a whole lot more we can say about it. It's the same reasonings for me of the second one. And, and, and this first Halloween is the one particularly, and again, I haven't watched it in a while, but I just remember when I watched it, there was a distinct point where I thought it should have been the finish. And it, it made sense to me. It was a logical finish. And then it just, it, it went on. And then uh, I, so I don't know, it, it, despite the problems I already had with it. And again, I know there's a lot of people that love zombie and love his stuff and or whatever, more power to you. Not, not me. I, I, I'm not a big Rob Zombie fan. And really though, if you rank his movies, his takes on the Halloween, I, I dislike those even more than his other stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just wish he had not 
I don't know. I just don't think the original telling of Halloween needs to be retold. If you want to do something else and try to tell a new tale, fine, go for it. But I, I, I think when you're trying to retell the beginnings, I think you're already, you're already failed even before you start. And, uh, so again, it's the same reasons, same reasons I don't like the other one. The first one, they just go hand in hand to me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The only other thing I would add is that I don't like sort of the, so it, it kind of, this movie sort of adds to like the depravity of Michael, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it also adds a level of cruelty to it. Um, and again, I understand he's supposed to be evil, but like it, it never seemed like, I, I don't know, it, it never seemed like in the other movies he ever, you know, I guess it depends on kind of how your interpretation of it, but in this movie, you know, like he like tortures a kid, you know what I mean? Like beats him up with a tree branch and all that stuff. And it just kind of seems out of character for like the original Michael Myers. Cause the original Michael Myers was basically just sort of like a weird kid who just one day killed his older sister. And that was, that was that, you know what I mean? And, and it kind of made sense. It kind of played into the sort of the mystery of it, but it just, this one kind of just feels like they tried too hard to make him like an actual serial killer and it just didn't make sense. So, yeah, I think I think it's OK when you say when you there's a question of why, why did he do it? It's OK just to not answer yeah. and just leave people to to, uh, you know, whatever, come up with their own reasoning and their own thinking behind it. Absolutely. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on from number 12 to number 11. And again, <laughs> if you never watched their show, this again may <laughs> come as a surprise. The only but, surprise may be that this didn't come 13. Exactly. I, I would agree. But I think that this one does deserve a little bit of a spot above Rob Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. But, but number 11 is Halloween there, Ends. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a gap. There's a gap for as much as I do not like Halloween Ends. There's a gap between this and the Rob Zombie film for me. I will if, I will watch Halloween Ends every single time over the Rob Zombies. <laughs> I agree. So Halloween ends for this little stat here for you guys. It was released on October 14, 2022. It was written by Paul Brad Logan, Chris uh, Bernier, uh, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green, uh, directed by David Gordon Green. And it stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Andy Matichak, Rowan Campbell, and James Jude Courtney as the shape. So Halloween ends. We did a whole episode basically talking about this movie. Yeah. And – I can't say that my opinion has changed all that much. Now, to be fair, I watched it one time in theaters, and then shortly after I watched it on streaming, uh, as soon as it came out, like a week or two later. Um, so I, I haven't watched it in some time. I, I, I just the other day finished the 2018 Halloween and started into Halloween Kills. So I am rewatching that trilogy. So maybe next time I'll have watched those two movies, and maybe my opinion will have changed. But at least from what I can remember, my opinion has not changed all that much. Halloween Ends is a fine movie, but it just seems sort of disappointing to call it a Halloween movie when most of the movie had nothing to do with Michael Myers. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> I, again, I don't think we need to say a whole because, again, there's a whole episode yeah. and we we did on this. My thing is this. I we, I write it a lot. We, you know, we say a lot. I don't hate Halloween Ends. That's not the point. Right. I, it's okay, right? It's it's not that it's a bad it's not a bad movie per se. My biggest gripe is it just it never felt like a Halloween movie to me. 
And I know, you know, people explain what they're thinking. Is I get it. I understand. I think I understand what they were going for. And it, it that, you know, that's fine. But it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. And I know, I mean, I like a lot of bad, cheesy movies, so I don't, but when you just take this franchise as a whole, I mean, it, it, it something's got to pull the short straw and, and it's just, it's Halloween ends for me. And, um, it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just not one of my favorites. Now I will say on a, a, a touch of a side note, I just realized something and I, I did text you this, like Rowan Campbell, who plays, uh, what's his name? I don't even know what his name is in this movie, whatever his name is, uh, Corey in the movie, uh, the main dude. Was mm-hmm. in an episode of Supernatural playing a werewolf. Did not realize this to just the other day, even though I watched this series so many times. Blew my <laughs> mind. Because I kept looking up like, who is that guy? Who is that guy? I recognize this guy. Who is he? And then I said, pause it. I'm like, holy shit. That's fucking Corey. It was just so wild. It was so so weird. Because I thought I'd never seen him in anything before. Halloween is. But that's not true. So. <laughs> <laughs> truly a small world truly a small I guess. world <laughs> yeah whatever it is seven degrees of supernatural with dave yeah, that's right so <laughs> all right so rolling on uh to uh, number 10 oh let's talk some busta rhymes number 10 halloween resurrection released july 12th 2020 or excuse me 2002 written by larry brand and sean hood uh directed by rick rowenthal starring jamie lee curtis busta rhymes Bianca Kajish, Kajish, ah, excuse me, whatever. And Brad Laurie is Michael Myers. It grows 37,664,855 at the box office. Uh, I believe we talked, I don't know what, we got kind of on a side talk about this one time. Um, this movie gets a lot of heat. And uh, again, I don't hate this movie. I really don't. And I really like the concept of having the reality show at the Myers home. I like the concept behind it. Uh, I think it's I think it's clever. I think it is a, a cool approach to to the series to do something different. And it worked at that time, especially in 2002. It worked because it was that that was relevant at that time. Um, yeah, it just it missed on some execution. Uh, I know a lot of people cue in on the Busta Rhymes uh, kicking Michael's ass and some of the things he you know, says at the end. Yeah, those are those are a little hokey. It's a little much. Um, I think it could have toned that down a little bit. I don't have a problem with Buster Rhymes at all. He was good in the movie, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, you know, the fact that he was really kind of kicked Michael Myers' ass, really said some of the, you know, whatever the Kentucky Fried or whatever comments at the end and different things. A little crispy, Mikey. Yeah, yeah, crispy, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, just a little much uh, for me. But, uh, you know, the movie's not a complete miss for me. Because again, I do like this reality show concept. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's just, again, in the grand scheme, it's it's just not as enjoyable for me as some of the others. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, here's the deal. I, I do have a special place in my heart for this movie because I think it's funny. I, I think Buster Rhyme is great in the movie. Um, and it's, But this movie, you know, it, it did a lot of things that in the grand scheme of things was not great. Um, you know, they killed Laurie Strode, like, right in the beginning of the yeah. movie. You know what I mean? And I don't hate it because I guess it kind of fits in with sort of the, the working concept um, of these kind of movies. But, yeah, it's, you know, he kills Laurie Strode right at the beginning. And then you have this whole kind of setup. And I do like the concept of the reality TV show. And I love the concept of 
you know, the cameras and like, you know, I think the character's name is like Declan or whatever. That's like messaging her, uh, trying to like tell her where Michael is the entire time. So, you know, I, I love the concept, like you said, for the time, spectacular idea, definitely breathed some new life into the franchise and made it a little more modern. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it falls short in a lot of ways. And I mean, that's why it's number 10 on our list of 13. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's again, in the grand scheme, it's just, it's, I don't know, not as enjoyable as the other. So, so let's march on as we're now diving into the top 10. All right, so number nine, we have Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. This is released October 13th, 1989. It is written by Michael Jacobs, Dominique Othen, Othen uh, Gerard, and Shem Bitterman, and is directed by Dominique Oth- Othenen Gerard. <laughs> We're doing well with the names here. <laughs> For real. And then it's starring Donald Pleasance, Daniel Harris, Ellie Cornell, and Don Shanks as Michael Myers. This movie grossed $11,642,254 at the box office. So the reason I think Halloween 5 Revenge of Michael Myers is here on this list is, in my opinion, Halloween 5 is not a bad movie. I enjoy all of the Halloween movies to some varying degree. But Halloween 5 just kind of seems like sort of a bump in the road when it comes to sort of that trilogy of movies. Um because for, for the most part, four, five, and six act as a, as a series of movies, right? Mm-hmm. Four, five, and six tell sort of the cohesive story of the Mark of Thorn. Number five just sort of seemed like, again, a bump in the road, right? Just kind of seemed like it was there. It didn't really provide me anything special. There were some cool things in that five that I appreciate from the movie. Uh, but overall, it wasn't anything special. I, I would go out of my way to say this is a great, the greatest Halloween movie, um, but it, I can appreciate it. It's kind of what I would say. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all right. It's yeah, you're right. It's it's almost a little boring, right? It's just yeah, not a lot to it. I it I, it leans a little too heavy into that supernaturally stuff with the the psychic link type thing or whatever, and it's yeah, it's a little much for me. And and but you know, but it it's not horrible. Um, and I know the, 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 the thorn, the mark of thorn stuff, it's, a it's a little divisive in Halloween fans, right? It seems like there's a lot that really love it that, that just are dying to, to get a, a conclusion to this story, that part of the story. I know there's some that really hate it and think, oh, this doesn't even fit into the Halloween. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, right? I, I, I can appreciate it. Um, and I, the concept, but I think there's a lot of misses with what they tried to deliver amongst right. the three movies. Um, but of the three, this one was just kind of bleh. It was just it didn't have enough there to me. Um, but you know, while we're talking about this trilogy, let's let's move on then to number eight, uh, which brings us to Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers, which kicked off this little trilogy of movies. It was released in October 21st, 1988, written uh, by Donnie Lipsis. Uh, Larry Ratner and Benjamin Ruffner and Alan B. McElroy, directed by Dwight H. Little, starring Donald Pleasance, Ellie Cornell, Danielle Harris, and George P. Wilbur as The Shape. It grossed 17768757 at the box office. Uh, and again, not not this is not a bad movie. Um, and, you know, to me, this it kind of is a this is a good bridge movie between. The Halloweens that we had, I mean, if you exclude three, talking one and two, 
uh, in that timeline and, and into this, you know, Mark of Thorns stuff. It's a good, it's a pretty good bridge, right? It, 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 I think it finds a good balance amongst the two sides a little bit. Um, but again, when, you know, you start getting into the cold and the supernaturally stuff, it, it, not that it's bad and not that it's not a good concept, but it, it doesn't feel Halloween to me, right? It, it loses some of that. I don't know what, it's hard to describe. I don't hate the movie, but it's, it's some of the, there's some of the same issues with these three. That I find with Halloween ends is it, parts of it don't feel like a Halloween movie, and uh, you know, but it has a little more to me than Halloween ends. But uh, you know, again, it's it's not horrible, um, but it's I don't know, it, it's just kind of there, and it, there's it's such a it's such lukewarm for me, right? There's parts that I, I think are okay, parts I really don't like of it, and uh, that's kind of how these these Cold of Thorn movies are for me, right? There, it's like a love hate relationship. Yeah, I would definitely agree. The the Mark of Thorn, Cult of Thorn, Curse of Thorn, that whole concept, it it, it just it just feels very much like that sort of uh, it just felt like a very stereotypical '80s '90s like attempt at reviving a franchise. You know what I mean? A lot mm-hmm. of the franchises were doing this. Um, you know, Friday Thirteenth brought Jason or yeah brought Jason back from the dead. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of sort of got into the really the crazy demon stuff about Freddy and everything else and you know, it, it's just it, it was it seems sort of you know the, the series of movies again they're enjoyable they're not horrible by any means but it, it just feels sort of like okay yeah this is just kind of what they're doing just to kind of make the series more relevant and it, it definitely falls flat in a lot of ways. Um, Halloween Four is not bad you know it follows up again essentially a few years after Halloween Two um, and you know Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in this movie, but you know we have Daniel Harris, who's uh, her daughter, I believe, is the the story mm-hmm. here, yeah. uh, if I remember correctly. And um, yeah, I mean it, it is what it is. It, it's not the worst movie. It's not the best movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's you know some of the callbacks with the clown costume and stuff. That's that's kind of neat, right? That right. Uh, some of those parallels, it's, it's it, you know it's kind of cool. Where you you hint at that connection, right? With that 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 I like that. You know that's okay. Again, the whole concept. Oh, yep, she's got a daughter. Here she is. And uh, it's like, eh. it's because it's almost like, okay, we can't get Lori, so let's 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 have let's develop Lori Jr. And it just, it's like, okay, I don't know. It felt uh, that uh, it is what it is. No, you know, I like the characters. Okay, uh, I like Daniel Harris, but it's, I don't know. It, it always, no matter how much you want to like it or whatever, that part of it. You always have to say, yeah, but it's not Laurie Strode, right? It's right. not. So it, it, it's hard not to, to pull that comparison. So no, absolutely. But I while we're agree. talking about it, Ike, why don't you <laughs> why don't you move on and let's uh, let's let's close this little trilogy out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, and this was not intentional, but to close out the, the Curse of Thorn trilogy, we have at number seven, Halloween, the Curse of Michael Myers. This was released uh, September 29th, 1995, and written by Daniel Ferens, directed by Joe Chappelle, starring Donald Pleasance, Paul Rudd, Marion Hagen, and George P. Wilbur as The Shape. It grossed $15,116,634 at the box office. So, The Curse of Michael Myers, which is the sixth in the franchise, a lot of people don't like this movie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of people ubiquitously in the... Uh, Halloween community basically say, yeah, this is not a good movie. But for me, um, I, I, I watched the movie before. I watched the producer's cut, which in my opinion, producer's cut is the best way to watch this movie. It, it is 
it, in my opinion, is a solid Halloween movie. It it kind of fixes some of the issues with the Mark of Thorn stuff. In my opinion, it, it leans very heavily into the cult part of it, which I feel like they kind of needed to do to make it make sense. Um, and so they leaned heavily into the cult part of it. They basically did everything they could to make this sort of be the conclusion of the the story, but with a twist, of course. Um, this movie's very campy in a lot of ways, has a lot of cheese, but it's not a bad movie. I enjoy this movie a lot. I like Paul Rudd in it. I think he's funny. Um, and the kind of the concept around it, it's really great too. So um, I again, it might be nostalgia, but I I enjoy Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. And you know, again, I like Paul Rudd in it. I like uh, the way he, you know, the character, the way he plays the character. And um, I don't know. Part of that cheese is probably one of the reasons I like it the best of the three, because everybody knows I like, you know, I like some cheese with my horror. And um, so that's that's probably why I like it the best of the three. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't know. I, I think people disregard it too quickly without really just kind of opening their mind and just trying to enjoy it. Um, and again, no one, no one's going to claim that any of these three of this trilogy are these spectacular entries in the Halloween franchise per se, but they are what they are. And everybody needs to also keep in the context. They are very much a product of their time. And, um, you know, so yeah, when you look at it now with 2020 eyes, yeah, maybe you see, you know, what the hell are they thinking? Um, but if you take some of these same concepts and deliver it now, you know, it would come out differently with when you have, some of the production values and some of the, the, the sheen you could put on it and some of the, you know, rough up, you know, clean up some of the rough parts of the script. It, it, it might, it might work a little better, but they, they, you know, did what they could do at that time with this story. And, um, you know, they tried something different with these three movies, you know, without doing the same old, you know, mass man pursuing the babysitter or, you know, or pursuing his sister or whatever, right. you know, they, they tried something different and, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it doesn't work as well. And then sometimes, like I said, uh, these, these kind of fall right in the middle of the road. I don't hate them. I don't particularly love them, but, uh, they're not, I, I don't, I don't think they're as bad as people claim. Yeah. And, and uh, and again, I know there's, there's a lot of people that love them. And there's a lot of people that hate them, but I kind of fall in that middle that I think, I think they're okay. And, uh, they're not necessarily my first go-to choices when I sit down to rewatch a Halloween movie. Uh, but they're also not something that I would cry about if I had, you know, if I was rewatching. So <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Only one I'm crying about might be Halloween ends. We'll see. Yeah. Or, 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 the, or the Rob Zombies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That brings us to number six on our rankings. And it is Halloween two released October 30th, 1981 written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill directed by Rick Rosenthal starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance and Dick Warlock as the shape. It grows $25,533,818 at the box office. I will say decisively, as far as horror sequels go, Halloween 2 is one of the best ones ever. I, especially for a movie that they didn't want to have a sequel, they didn't intend to have a sequel, and uh, to do something like this, because it feel it has the same feel as Halloween. As the first yeah. one, it, it really does. But they, they, but they mixed it up a little with it, you know, with the hospital. And they had the the big, uh, you know, Vader being Luke's father moment with, you know, finding out that you know Lori's his sister, and 
you know, and while a lot of people shake their head, maybe shake their head at that, that still, when you, when you want to have a little impactful moment, man, how can it be more impactful than that? And, um, I really think as far as horror sequels go, I think Halloween two, it, it works. And I think when you watch one and two together, I mean, it's not flawless. Don't, don't get me wrong at all. But when you, you know, watch them one and two together, I mean, it, I think it, it feels more cohesive than what it should, given the fact that they didn't have a sequel in mind. They didn't intend to have a sequel or did, you know, have this story. It really feels like they, like they did. Like they, yeah. they had this, this story and let's break it into two parts because it, it, it really flows. And, and I, I love sequels that are just, it goes from the first movie right into the second, right? There's no, not to say that time gaps don't work and blah, 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 and I have any issue with it. But man, when you, when you have one movie that just goes time-wise straight into the other, it, it's something cool about that for me. And it feels like, again, like you're watching a, a movie in two parts, a big movie in two parts. And, um, yeah, you know, there, there's, there's some issues, right? I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis in the bad wig because she cut her hair for another movie part and everything else, or, you know, whatever. Uh, but, but I love Halloween too. And, um, there are other movies that I really enjoy more in the franchise. When you go from six to one in this, from here on out, uh, I, I love them all. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, these are all some of my favorite movies or whatever else. There's, you know, six, six to one on our list. I, I love every one of them. And I, I love Halloween too. Yeah, absolutely. I love Halloween too as well. Um, like you said, it, as it comes for, like back in the day sequels to a horror movie Halloween two does a fantastic job, especially for a movie that was made three years after the original. Um, it, it doesn't feel like any time has passed. It feels like a very cohesive story. It feels like they're able just to go right from where they were in Halloween to Halloween two. And like you said, it, it makes, um, this obviously introduces the concept of, you know, them being siblings, um, which makes the terror even so much more because <clears throat> in Halloween two, He's specifically targeting her, whereas in the first Halloween movie, it just kind of seems like a um, just kind of seems random. Right. It just kind of seems like Laurie was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but Halloween 2 sort of introduces that just secondary, uh, I guess you would say, turmoil of he is targeting Laurie. The people around her are dying because he was targeting her. And so it definitely introduces another layer of complexity to the whole concept of Michael and it just, it's such a good movie. Halloween 2 is a good movie. You know, I recently watched it and, um, it definitely holds up. It's a lot more violent, I would say, than the first movie. Definitely yeah, some more gore. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's how, that's how sequels used to be. Sequels always used to try and amp up the violence just to sort of capitalize on the, the character from the first. So. Yeah. And, and, and we're, you know, we're getting into the eighties, right? That's what people yeah. were starting to want. And, uh, you know, plus it's got Lance Guest in it, who I love, you know, from the last Starfighter. We played the one EMT. Uh, I, I love him, right? Because I love the Last Starfighter. So it was cool seeing him in this. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a. Uh, I love it. I, I love. I love Halloween too. I, I just. I don't. I don't get the heat it gets sometimes. Because I've seen a lot of people really trash Halloween too. I don't. I don't get it. I, I, yeah. I really don't. I don't see it. But no, not at all. <laughs> so all not right, all. moving on. Top five time. Yep. Top five. Number five, we have Halloween Kills, released October 15, 2021, written by Scott Teams, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green, directed by David Gordon Green, and it stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, and James Jude Courtney as The Shape. It grossed $133,423,964 at the box office. So, 
looking at Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is the second second in the three movie trilogy that Dave Gordon Green created. He created Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends. So these movies these movies are meant to be watched as a trilogy. I will say that um, Halloween and Halloween Kills are another one of those movies that are seamlessly transitioned. Halloween 2018 seamlessly transitions into Halloween Kills, and you know, I recently, uh, like I said, I started rewatching it. I haven't finished it, um, but I've seen Halloween Kills a good number of times um, since it came out. And I would say that, you know, even in retrospect, it's such a good movie. There's so much good to say about Halloween Kills. Um, Halloween Kills, again, it amps up the violence of Halloween 2018. And it tells a story of a wounded uh, and just, I would say, uh, I would even go as far to say potentially as an afraid uh, Michael Myers, you know, he he's escaped from near death in 2018's Halloween. And now he's trying to find solace in uh, his old family home. So Halloween Kills has, again, a lot of great stuff about it. Um, the ending of Halloween Kills is actually really great. How they close out that movie is just superb. If you've never seen it, spoiler alert. But the scene where they're all beating on Michael and then Michael basically turns the tables it just cements sort of that, you know, sort of that, uh, I guess you could say, like, invulnerability that you kind of expect from Michael. And this just gives him sort of like that supernatural-esque ability that you expect from him. Uh, because we didn't see a lot of that in Halloween 2018. But this one truly put fear back into the concept of Michael Myers as this indomitable force. So... I love Halloween yeah. Kills. Such a good movie. Yeah, I, I do too. I like it. Um, I, I think it's real cool. That opening, the early scene with him and the firefighters, man, just slaying all the firefighters. And it's, that's pretty wild, man. It's it's such a cool way to open that movie. Um, I, I love the uh, where they're riding in the back of that truck, right? Like how the first movie ends, where you know you think, oh, they've they've killed him. They're they're riding to uh, you know, get away and everything, you know, that you feel like they could finally relax. And, and then as they're riding and all the fire trucks coming by and they're like, no, 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 just let it burn. And, um, don't give me, and it's just, it's so cool how it transitions from, from triumph to defeat so quickly. And, 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 and that moment where the, with the passing of the, of the, the fire rescue stuff. And, uh, it, it is, it is, it is such a good movie. Um, and that's, I, I think, the Halloween and Halloween kills, I, I enjoy them so much. And I think that's part of the reason that Halloween ends disappoints me so much. You know, yeah. that it's again, it's not a bad movie, but I really like the other two so much that I just felt like it, it was such a drop for me. And um, but, you know, we're not going to go back to the Halloween ends thing, but uh, <laughs> I, I do. I love I love Halloween kills. It's, it's a fun movie. Um, but <laughs> again, here, here's going to be the one here. This is going to be the one where the soapbox is coming out on. Yeah, because this is one of my one of my personal missions in life. And coming in number four is Halloween H2O 20 years later. It was maybe this is part of the reason it was released on August 5th, 1998, which is, you know, would have been my 23rd birthday. It was <laughs> written by Robert Zapia, directed by Steve Miner, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Josh Hartnett and Chris Durant as Michael Myers. Uh, gross 55 million, uh, 41,738 at the box office. Folks. Halloween H2O is one of the most underappreciated Halloween movie out there. I, I absolutely fucking love Halloween H2O. 
I think it is such a good movie on how it transitions from Halloween to let's skip 20 years and what what's happening. And it it show you know showing how Lori has gone away, started a completely new life, changed her name. Uh, it has made it as secluded as she could possibly get, right? And, and, and escaping. And she gets to this point where, hey, everything seems cool, you know, but she's she's on high alert. And, and, and she's struggling, right? She struggles with alcohol. She struggles with pills. She tried to keep her sanity. But she's starting to feel some happiness, right? She She's in a relationship that seems to be going well, and she feels like she's able to open up to him. So she she lets the guard down. And uh, she's going to let her son go on this trip when he doesn't go, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, you, so you feel like she's gotten to this point where she feels like, OK, I, maybe I can relax just a little and, and and I can enjoy life a little and I can have a little happiness. So that is the perfect time to queue up Michael Myers. And, you know, right when she OK, she starts to feel feel this joy. Michael comes back into it. And man, it, I I just I love this movie. I love it. The only things that the, the the biggest things I don't like about this movie is number one, Josh Hartnett's haircut. I don't know what the fuck that is, <laughs> and and I don't want to hear anybody saying this kid's nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know too many people in nineteen ninety eight going around with their hair like that. But so be it, whatever it is. But it has a great great cast, you know. I mean, you know, in it, and uh, I mean, LL Cool J. Come on, it you know, LL Cool J was Busta Rhymes before Busta Rhymes, and uh, in this movie, and uh. It is just, man, it's, it's so, so damn good. I just don't, and I, and again, I don't know. I don't, it's not that I see a lot of people hating on this movie. I just feel like it's underappreciated that when people talk about Halloween movies, I don't hear this one talked about nearly enough as it should. I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. You know, I, I have to agree. Um, this movie, in my opinion, cause I've actually, I've heard some hate on this movie. Um, and a lot of people say it's just, the reason a lot of okay, so the reason a lot of people don't like this movie is probably because it was one of those late nineties, early two thousands esque movies. And a lot of these movies that kind of came out in this time frame, people don't like. And I think it's mostly because there's sort of a stigma with some of these movies, because they oftentimes are rehashings of old material, or at the very least, they are sometimes failed attempts at rebooting franchises. So but I don't Halloween feel like this movie has either of those. No, I, I, mean, I agree. It, I think it's, people are prejudging that for other stuff. I don't feel this movie has either of those trappings. I, and no, I don't either, because I think that this movie wasn't even trying to reboot the franchise. It, in my opinion, what Halloween H2O was trying to accomplish was it was trying to tell the story of Laurie Strode without the whole curse of Thorn thing. Yes. That was the purpose of this movie and of Resurrection. This movie in Resurrection, and, and again, we talked about Resurrection already, but they are, they're obviously most supposed to be meant to be sort of part of the same trilogy because there's multiple timelines. And we haven't really talked a lot about the whole timeline thing, but there's like the Mark of Thorn timeline, which is one, two, four, five, six. Then you have the David Gordon Green timeline, which is one Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. Then you have Rob Zombie. And we haven't talked about it yet, but Season of the Witch is its own thing. And then you have the H20 timeline, which is it's mostly deemed as, which is 1-2, H2O, and Resurrection. 
H2O is supposed to be meant as like, I, in my opinion, a, a better sequel to uh, Halloween 2 than Halloween 4 was. Yes. And it was supposed to be the actual story of Jamie of uh, Laurie Strode versus what we got in the, uh, in the other timeline. So H2O, in my opinion, did not have the same shortcomings that Halloween 4 had. It did not have the same shortcomings that, you know, Halloween Resurrection had. H2, in my opinion, is a nearly flawless sequel to a sequel that you could almost get. Nearly flawless. Yeah, I, man, I, I feel like people that hate on it are prejudging it and are not watching it with an open mind. Because it is a really, I think it's a really, really good movie. And, um, I mean, I just, I just do. I think, I think it's got some creative kills. I think it's got some good scare moments. Um, there's, you know, I, there were some good fights. And the thing is, it, because it, it builds how Lori, how traumatized she is and how she's doing everything she can, you know, seclusion, alcohol, prescriptions to try to keep that in check, right? So she can live a life. And then, but it doesn't, it doesn't just go to a point where all, okay, oh, she just drops it. I'm okay. Now I'm going to fight Mike. No, it gives her a reason because she's protecting her son. So yeah. it, it, it gives her a reason to say, which, which, you know, David Gordon, you know, it does a little bit of that, but you know, this is, you know, it's less militant, right? She's, she's scared. She's terrified. She's seeing him all over the place in her mind and she doesn't want any part of it. Right. And she doesn't, she just wants to try to forget and, and do what she can. But when the time comes and she has to, she says, okay, whatever. I got to get past this because I got to protect my kid. And, and, and that's what it is. And there's the whole conflict with the kids. It's like, God, you got to let this go. It's been 20 years. He's not coming back. He's dead. It's done. You've got to let it go. And then he's not and he's back. And the kid's like, shit, she was right. And I don't know, man. I, again, I know that I like some bad movies and that I have some weird movies that I put, you know, up on pedestals. That I love, and this is one of them. When you talk about some of my favorite movies, I love Halloween H2O. And I, I will forever be the flag bearer that it is a severely, severely underappreciated movie. And, uh, I, I would, I would love to see it get a lot more love in the internet world and, and with horror fans. And, um, and I know, I know there's gotta be other people out there that love it too. So I, I just want them to speak up and make their voices heard a little more. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like I'm going to put a poll out there and get a, get a feel for what people think after we read this episode's out and see, you know, do you love hate or indifferent to H2O and see, see the feedback we get. Yeah. I'd be interested to see that. (laughs) And, um, I don't know. I, I, again, I I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with this, but I knew this was going to be one that I was really going (laughs) to, going to get hung up on because again, I, 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 it's so underappreciated, so underappreciated. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of underappreciated, this next movie I also kind of feel falls into that category, maybe not to the same degree as H2O. Um, but as you've probably noticed, this this list is uh, surprisingly lacked, yet a movie that also sometimes gets hate in the Internet sphere, but also sometimes gets a lot of love. So at number three for us, we have number three, Season of the Witch. Uh, written by Tommy Lee Wallace, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, and, and it was released October 22nd, 1982, starring Tom Atkins, 
Stacy Nelkin, and it grossed fourteen million four hundred thousand at the box office. So, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. For the most part, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch is unanimously known as sort of the odd one out. For a lot of people who don't know, the sort of idea of the Halloween franchise in the beginning was to make it an anthology. It was never meant to be the same story being retold or even the same story being put on the same timeline. It was meant to just be an anthology. It was meant to be something different. And Halloween 3 was really the only version of that that we ever got because Michael Myers got so popular that it was almost impossible to make a Halloween movie without him in it. Um, so Halloween 3 Season of the Witch has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is a movie about the Silver Shamrock masks basically taking over the world. These masks, if you wore them, when the signal alarmed would basically melt your brain. And basically the whole concept was that these guys were trying to stop this from happening. And this movie has so much, uh, so many great things about it. It has conspiracy. It has, um, you know, these kind of weird like villains that are creepy. And it has the masks, which are very interesting, but also, you know, very, very deadly. Um, and these masks also made a cameo in Halloween Kills. Um, there are uh, people, it's when they go drive up to the playground, there are people on the merry-go-round who are wearing the three masks, I believe, yeah. um, who are dead. So, I, in my opinion, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is one of my favorites. This is actually my wife's favorite Halloween movie. Um, Kayla loves Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Uh, she, we watch it every year, of course. She very much enjoys it. Um, she thinks it's probably, in her opinion, one of the better uh, Halloween movies from the old days, um, <laughs> from the olden days. And uh, I would agree with her. I, I think Season of the Witch does not get the credit it deserves uh, at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's again, this I mean, there's a lot of love for this movie online. You know, there is there is some very, very strong supporters. And there are other people that, that you know, they hate. I, I think it's swinging more when it first came out. It was hated. Because yeah. – and here's the issue. The, the problem was because people went and it was a Halloween movie and they didn't see Michael Myers. If this movie had just been released and been called Season of the Witch with no Halloween on it, I think it would have been huge. I think it would have been big. I think it would have done really, really well because people wouldn't have gone in with the expectations that they were going to see Michael Myers. This movie is is great. It is such a fun, fun fucking movie. And yeah. um, and I I love it for just absolutely pure watchability for me. It's right up there with the original for me. What did want to do? If I if I just want to throw on one, just to watch and have a good time, uh, I this is I'm usually going with this one. I I love this. Tom Atkins is so good in it. The the masks are iconic. They are they are so cool and so iconic. And it is just a fun story. And again, I love cheesy campy horror, and this is exactly what this is. And um, it, it's just so good, right? And and does it fit into Halloween and all that? Nope. But who cares, right? It is it's a Halloween movie. It is what it is. But I think the lack of success it originally had is because people had expectations that they were seeing a Michael Myers movie. Yeah. I think if you if they could have taken that away and called it whatever else without the Halloween ties, I, I, this movie would have been seen completely different. Because again, it for you know it is a good movie, especially for 1982. It is a good movie, and um, it, it's so much fun. It is. It's absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agreed. And the Silver Shamrock song will get stuck in your head for days. 
Happy Halloween. <laughs> Silver Shamrock. Well, if people are playing along and they've heard us talk at the opening show. I think people could probably figure out what one and two is for us. Yes. So at number two is Halloween from 2018. It was released on October 18th, 2018. Written by Jeff Radley, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green. Directed by David Gordon Green. Starring Jimmy Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, and James Jude Courtney as The Shape. It grossed $249,939,835 at the box office. This movie was incredible. Um, I remember, you know, being so excited for it, so much anticipation, and it didn't let me down. It is, you know, it is, while we talked about H2O and the portrayal of what Jamie Lee Curtis would have been like years later coming out of it, uh, this is the same concept, right? This is not Jamie Lee Curtis, but uh, Laurie Strode, but played by Jamie Lee, of course. <laughs> anyway, it is <laughs> the concept of, of what Laurie Strode would have been like after Halloween years later. Yeah. So the ex- so the exact same concept, and it takes it takes a different route with it, but uh, still one that feels yep very appropriate, right? She's very She's very mil- almost militant, right? She's very standoffish. It's that same seclusion, right? She stays away from stuff, but she's, it's like she is constantly training and prepping for that return. And, and she did the same with her daughter to make sure she's ready because she was convinced that Michael will return appropriately or correctly, <laughs> assume, because it happens, obviously. And everybody thinks that she's nuts. And off her rocker because everybody else thinks, no, he's dead. It's not happening. And it causes problems with her daughter, which in turn causes some problems with her granddaughter who, you know, circumvents the mom to see the grand, no, grandma and whatever. So there's all this family tension because of this. And because if you take it, you know, at face value, Lori looks off her, she's nuts, right? Because everybody else assumes he's dead. It's gone. It's done. And. And, it, and it's not the case, right? And he comes back, raises his his usual hell. And I, I love how when this happens, though, when he's back and things are happening, you have th- those three core characters of, you know, Lori, the daughter, and the granddaughter. And when Michael comes back, it, it, it all starts happening. Those three are all separated, yeah. right? So you have essentially these three, the chaos and terror of Michael, and these three are trying to come back together to find each other and, and, and figure out what to do. And then when it, that, when it happens and you're back at Lori's house and you get that, you know, the, the final, uh, you know, what we quote unquote, thanks to the final standoff or at least of this movie. And you see, you know, how she's prepped this house. Some, some really cool things, right? She checks room, clears the room. She has a, a gate that comes down to seal that room off so that it, once it's cleared, it, it stays cleared. Pretty yeah. cool stuff, right? For someone who's clearly thought this stuff through. And then, you know, how it ends, you know, with him being trapped in the basement, the house set, being set on fire, you know, whatever else. And then, of course, which leads us into kills uh, after that. But it, this movie, I mean, this movie's great. It is, it, it pairs well with the original Halloween, you know, because there's cl- obviously clearly a time gap you have to have, right? Because of the real time gap. And it works. And, um, it brings Halloween to the present day without trying to restart it or reboot it or, you know, recreate it. It just says, okay, we had Halloween in 78. What happens now if there's Halloween and, you know, whatever, 2018, um, where, where is this story now? 
And um, so it, and it works. It really, it really, really does. And it, it, it paints such a good picture of that terror for that 40 years never went away. It was always there for her. And while other people could, that didn't firsthand experience this, uh, they can play it off and, and think it's done, but for the trauma she went through, she can't. And, um, you know, and obviously she was correct, but right. You know, I think for me, Halloween 2018 is ranked this high because this was really probably, I mean, looking at the dates of these movies, Halloween 2018 was really like the first, I actually it was, it had to have been the first Halloween movie that I was ever able to go watch in theaters. Um, Halloween 2018 was the first movie that I ever went and watched cognizantly remembering watching. (laughs) Um, And Halloween 2018, it tells a different story than any of the other Halloween movies. And in my opinion, this movie and the series that it's a part of alludes to the fact that quite frankly, Michael Myers tried to kill Laurie Strode by pure coincidence. Michael Myers is a agent of chaos. He does not, you know, he is he is just unadulterated terror and violence. He does not know how to aim his violence. He just goes. And that's sort of the story that's being told is that he's not singling out Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode is a victim of circumstance. And the reason that he was there in Halloween 2018 was because of his doctor, Dr. Sartain. But like you said, this movie tells the story of PTSD. Truly. This movie is what happens after you almost die as a teenager and you're afraid that you're going to die again, that that's going to come back. And that's exactly what the story is. This story is Michael is a ever looming threat. He is the shape, the shadow. He is the boogeyman. He is that looming threat of potential death that always exists in the back of the mind of a victim. And that's basically what Halloween 2018 does. Halloween 2018 paints the picture that Laurie Strode never truly recovered from her encounter with Michael Myers in 1978 or whenever the first movie is supposed to take place. She never recovered and she probably will never recover. As we can see from the other movies is that 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 trauma is always going to be there. But also this movie removes some of the cheese factor that the original movie kind of shoved into it. You know what I mean? You have the concept of them being siblings removed from the equation, which even further points to the fact that Laurie Strode was a victim of circumstance. She just she was in the wrong place at the wrong time in 1978. And she, again, was in the wrong place at the wrong time in 2018 because Dr. Sartain made it happen. And. You know, it's just it's such a good movie and it just covers a lot of ground. It basically ties up a lot of those logical loopholes um, so that way it could be a direct sequel to the first movie. But also it it does it in a way that makes sense. You know what I mean? It makes sense that once Michael Myers was apprehended, of course, they're going to throw his ass into a mental institution and they're going to study him because this is a kid that escaped mental institution once. And now they're going to now they're like, okay, well, let's try and not have this happen again. But it makes sense why it happened, because Dr. Sartain was the one that uh, orchestrated his his release. So, you know, it all makes sense. It all kind of comes down to it. And I also like that, um, you know, Sartain was like the Dr. Loomis, but the evil version of Dr. Loomis. Yeah. Um, 
And one of my favorite things about 2018 is they uh, they obviously had to, you know, they had to use some, you know, movie magic to make it happen. But the recordings of Dr. Loomis saying that he should be exterminated or what is, mm-hmm. whatever he says, he needs to. I recommend that you burn or you kill him and I will be there to make sure his heart stops beating. And then we, <laughs> we automatically cremate the body, which is 100 percent what Dr. Loomis would say. Dr. Yeah. Loomis was like, I'm not putting up with this shit. This guy is pure <laughs> fucking evil. So, yeah, I love 2018. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, uh, but let's go on. Again, I, everybody should know there's only one movie left, Ike, so <laughs> yeah. lay it on them. As, as, like you said, if you're playing along, there's only po- one possibility, and we kind of buried the lead a little bit on this, I guess. But, yeah. uh, Halloween released on October 27th, 1978, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, directed by John Carpenter, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance, Nick Castle as the shape, grossed 70 million at the box office. This is the pinnacle of the Halloween franchise. This is the beginning of it all. This is the OG. This is the grandpappy of Halloween. This is also the grandfather of all, I would say, modern slasher movies. Halloween, 1978 is a masterpiece. It is a masterclass in horror and in the slasher genre. Michael Myers is the absolute horrifying spirit, the specter, the shape. You know, he's credited as the shape for a reason. He's he's meant to be this looming threat that you cannot always see. He's in the shadows. And I love, 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 love the original Halloween movie. We sang the praises of Halloween but some things that we didn't mention earlier that I want to mention now, the music. Halloween's music was so good. John Carpenter himself made the music for Halloween. And the music of this movie is just so good. And, and it's just so crazy that a movie from 1978 has such good music. And not only good music, but iconic music. The Halloween theme song, you know. It's just, that is iconic. It's been redone, remade, re-idolized in so many different ways over the years. But every time I hear that music, I always get the goosebumps every single time. No matter when I see it, hear it or whatever, that music kicks on immediate goosebumps, immediate chills because it's so iconic. So, like we said, we've sang the praises. I won't drone on too long, but it's just like there's so much good about this movie, so much that it did not only for the horror movie, like the horror movie franchise itself, but horror movies in general, but also just any slasher movie, any modern horror movie you watch today probably uses or derives something from what Halloween did back in 1978. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not much else to say. Like I said, we, we talked a lot about it at the beginning of the show. Um, I mean, the eighties were great for for horror movies. Right. And it really kicked off the horror industry uh, for what it is and, you know, it allowed it to grow into what it is now even. So even if you're not particularly a fan of those movies and you like more modern movies, it was still where, you know, where it began to grow into what it is. And I don't know, I don't know the degree or if it would have happened the same without Halloween 78, because uh, what it did was it enabled and made everybody want to go make horror movies because people thought, Oh, we can do that. And we can tell those stories and, and we can, you know, or, you know, we can make some money or whatever it is. And um, for every good, bad, cheesy or horrible you know slasher that came through the 80s and after uh, spawned out of the success and the expertise of the original halloween 
which led to, you know, growth and development and, and people that were fans that went on to make more modern films. So it, it you know, and I'm not saying, you know, there's stuff that, yes, there was stuff that came out before this and, and this, that, but it, as a genre, this, this really took the time, the, the, the direction that horror was moving and Halloween 78 redirected it in a different way and, and completely changed the genre. Um, inadvertently, right. It just, it just, yeah. it was what it was. And, um, made people, you know, do more of, of, of a certain thing and, and, and redirect it. Um, again, there's not much to be said. The movie's perfect. I, I, I you know, it, it, it stands the test of time to me. Every time I watch it, it's just as enjoyable and, um, it, it doesn't feel dated. Um, you know, yes, of course you watch it and you're aware it's taking place in the late seventies, but it doesn't as a film and the quality and the, the filmmaking, it doesn't feel bad, right? The, there's no gaps in, in any effects or things that you see in a lot of old movies. Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, that's clearly made then or whatever. You, you don't have that, right? And maybe part of that was the how wise they were to not have a lot of gore and this and that and everything. Because, you know, they didn't have to have a, a ton of those effects that maybe wouldn't hold, hold stand to the test of time, right? To see through. It's just not there. So, um yeah, I mean, it's I love the movie. It, it is one of my favorite, if not my favorite horror movie of all time and uh, just one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, so good in my eyes. It, it's perfect as it is. Uh, the story is perfect as it is. It should have never been tried to be retold. You know, I understand you know, trying to build upon it and, and continue on with it. But as far as the original story and what this established, it, it, you know, it never should have been touched. And, uh, you know, it might be part of the reason. Besides the ones we explained that you know, the Rob Zombie films don't don't stand up for me. It's like eh, you don't need you don't need to retell this part of it. It's yeah. it's it's perfect as it is. So just move on from that and build from there if you want. But anything you do, no matter no matter how good it would have been, it just wouldn't have been the same. It just wouldn't have felt the same. So it, it's always going to come up short. So um, I, I, again, love the movie. I don't think anybody would be surprised that this is our number one. I think it would be number one for a lot of people. Um. I think overwhelmingly it probably is number one for a lot of people because it's, you know, and you know, everybody's got their favorites, right? I love Halloween three. I love H two or whatever else, but I, you know, overall enjoyability, overall open to close, uh, you know, just goodness in all ways. Uh, the original Halloween is it, it, um, it set the bar for so much. And, uh, I, I feel like, you know, as much as it's out there and as much as I love and as much as good, I, I still feel like it's still trying to achieve that bar, right? There's not, not, not much that's gotten there since for as good as some of it is. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, what, what more can you say about that masterpiece? <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll close out this, uh, this episode real quick and get out of here. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com. By using the promo code listen to screens at checkout. That is listen to number two and screens. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we're back here on Listen to the Screams. And let's close out this episode. We've talked a long time, but there was 13 <laughs> movies to discuss. So it uh, you know, it is what it is. So once again, I think anybody that knows us probably not surprised by these rankings. Everybody knows our favorites. Uh, we've we spoke of our favorites here on the show many times. Yeah, but we would like to hear some feedback from you guys and what your favorites are. So hit us up on social media 
and talk Halloween franchise with us. Uh, our next episode will be the bonus episode that comes out on Halloween on October 31st itself, and it will be our Screams Family Holiday Special. We will be joined by our wives, Monica and Kayla, and we will be conducting a uh, Halloween trivia game between yes. Ike and I, as well as discussing all kinds of things about Halloween, uh, some of our favorite things, some of our favorite experiences and different things. It should be fun. It should be entertaining. Uh, people always enjoy when the wives are on and do the wiser battle. People always seem to enjoy when we do the, the trivia games. So uh, we combine the two, and this is what we get. If, there, if there's any indication on past trivia, I have a feeling Dave will probably lose. Well, probably. I don't seem to be very good at trivia. <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see. Because if I remember correctly, the wives are making these questions more holiday-based, too. So it's not necessarily all movies. So Dave might have a chance. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe I can pay him off. <laughs> Slip him a 20. Never know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, desperate times, desperate measures. <laughs> All right. So that's our next episode. It will be out in uh, just a matter of days. So hopefully uh, yeah. everybody's doing lots of fun stuff for the Halloween season and will enjoy their holiday. But we will talk to you again on Halloween. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And follow us on social media. So, Ike, before we close out and get out of here, anything you want to add? Yeah, um, real quick. Uh, first and foremost, if uh, you're doing anything fun this, uh, this coming holiday season, uh, as I always say, stay safe. But also, um, you know, we have our Halloween special coming up, but I, I have to also mention briefly, I'm super excited for our next actual episode next uh, week uh, or whenever it comes out um, for Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I just had to mention it because uh, at the time that this, this episode is going up, which is on Thursday, the very next day I'm going to see five nights in theaters. Um, so I'm super stoked to watch that in theaters. Cause you know, you both, I'm a huge five nights of Freddy's fan. So I'm yeah. very excited. <laughs> yeah. That episode will be out on November 2nd. So that's a, uh, our next, uh, normal episode. So yeah, stand by for that. That's your, it's all kinds of, you got all kinds of goodness coming from us in the next week here. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So, yeah, if you're out there doing lots of spooky stuff for Halloween, supposed to have, you know, share, share the love with us. You'll put some pictures up and, and tweet or put it on Facebook or whatever they, it all calls and, and tag us in it. We like to see some of the fun you guys are having out there and uh, and represent us. So, But until the Halloween special, until the holiday when we are joined by the wives for the trivia game, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares. 